What's up, guys? Welcome back to HRT. Uh, this week, we have a new guest, my good old pal, Luke. Everybody say hi, Luke. <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, Luke, where are you from? Because I actually don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I live in New Hampshire. Right, you live just like a state over. I forgot about that. Yeah. Do you like it in New Hampshire? Is New Hampshire a safe place for trans people? Uh, I, I don't know if I'd say it's a safe spot. I mean, it's okay. I, I mean, I'm pretty stealth here. Like, a lot of people aren't able to realize or notice or anything, so I don't talk to too many people up here. I also don't work up here, so I don't really have to react with that many people. But you will see, like, a bunch of, like, Trump signs throughout the whole mm. place. So, like, that's, that's kind of the vibe. Got you. Is New Hampshire, like... Is it blue? Is it red? Do you know? It's red, but it's one of like the more like bluer red states, if that makes any sense. Got like, you. It's a little yeah. bit more of a liberal place for a red place. Got you. Yeah. Um, you're on testosterone, right, Luke? Yes. Nice. When did you start tea? I started tea January 25th, 2021. So it's about. He knows like the dates. <laughs> yeah, nice. so it was three days after my birthday. So it was like I started a nice birthday gift to myself. Dude, that's crazy. I started tea three days before my birthday. Yeah, let's wow. go. Dude. We're in sync. <laughs> <laughs> we are in sync. Look at that. Um, do you do uh, sub Q or intramuscular? I do sub Q. Damn it, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find one intramuscular motherfucker. Nope. <laughs> what is that about? Damn. I don't know. Why? Do you do you like sub Q? Do you do you like taking a shot? Yeah. Well, I like the fact that I like I don't like the fact that I have to do it, but like I prefer taking shots like as opposed to any other method. Gotcha. Yeah, because there's gel and there's like the pellets things that Bear was talking about last episode. Yeah. I didn't even know those exist. Didn't even know. I didn't find out till like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I felt like I couldn't do the gel because it. Well, they pushed. I said in the last episode they pushed me to do the gel. They didn't yeah. want me to do the fucking intramuscular shit, which was rude. Which is wild. Yeah. But you think that you like taking your shot? Do you notice like a change in your mood when you take your shot? Not really i have noticed like occasionally sometimes i'll get like hungrier like the day of but aside from that i haven't noticed anything like too Ooh, hungrier that's a new one i like that yeah <laughs> wow that's cool do you so you take it weekly yes i take it every monday every monday monday shot day what's your dose uh 30 milligrams i think that's what it is 30 milliliters wow Still, I got to really look up how it measures out from milligrams to like whatever the hell sub Q is. I still don't get it. Every episode I say that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to look it up too because I heard you guys talking about that and I forgot. (laughs) I literally don't get it like at all. It's really bad. (laughs) Um, So you like taking a shot, but it feels like a chore. Yeah. Yeah. It does give me anxiety before I take it though. Sometimes. 
most of the time, actually. Yeah, <laughs> me every every <laughs> fucking two weeks, dude. I hate it. Is it like the needle that gives you anxiety? Yeah. yeah. It's like, man, like I, I got to stab myself now. It's just mm-hmm. like I don't like the idea of it. But it do you have like a, a little routine or do you just – do you do it like the same time every Monday or what? No. So well, generally I pretty much do it after I shower like every single time. Like, me too. I don't have like a specific time of day. Usually I shower in the morning, but sometimes gotcha. I push later. Yeah, I shower at night, so usually I take my shot at night. Dude, it's Saturday. My shot day was Tuesday, and I didn't take it yet. So <laughs> <laughs> I am really bad with it. But like, I don't notice a change in my mood. Like, I'm fine. I am slaying. <laughs> I am five just, days like, late on my shot. It? Yeah, I have a reminder in my phone that goes off every other Tuesday. It says shot day. Mm. And if that reminder gets like cleared, I completely forget that I'm even on testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't clear forget. mine until I do it. Because I have a shot, I, like, I have a reminder on my phone too, but I, I can't, I just don't clear it until. See, I, do I don't it either. I don't but for some reason, because like, okay. This is a little off topic, but like I have other <laughs> reminders in my phone and if like uh, the shot day one is there and then I get another one to like take out the garbage or something, the shot one disappears. And then it's like, well, what the hell? That's stupid. It's a, re- it's a real struggle in my life. I need to, I need to organize my <laughs> shot day a little bit more if you can't tell. <laughs> um, did you get top surgery? I did. I got top surgery December 10th of 2021. Wow. So you started testosterone in 2021, right? Did you yeah, say? Same so you year. did it in the same year. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Sick. Uh, 2021, that was, what, what year are we in? 23? Two years, that was two years ago. <laughs> uh, did you get double incision? Yes, I got double incision. I didn't even know keyhole was an option. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't either, to be honest. A lot of surgeons told me that it was not real and that I shouldn't get it. And I searched and searched until I found a surgeon that would give it to me. But here we are. Um, so you got double incision, you get drains? Drains. Yeah, I had drains. drains. Nice. Did you did that experience with drains go well? Because I know a lot of trans guys who the drains freaked them out and they hated it. They Yeah, I didn't like them. They are pretty bad. It felt like like ropes in your chest <gasps> i guess that's like the best comparison yeah i saw that somewhere and i was like oh yeah that's, that's exactly what it feels like it's like two it feels like ropes like inside your chest that just stay there and they just like tug it's not fun that's but, terrible um, news <laughs> i had one dr- this is kind of gross trigger warning but i had one drain that like wasn't draining so i had this thing called the seroma and it's basically like a pocket of fluid that like builds up in your chest so my chest was like a balloon like i could pick it and it would like move it was jiggly it was disgusting so i had to go back to the hospital twice because i had a seroma that just fucking blew up on my right side Mm, i've heard that happening that happens to a lot of trans guys that's like a common thing right yeah. With drains. Is it because the drains? Or is it just something that happens after? Don't I think it's just something that happens after because, like, so you're supposed to, like, bind your chest after, right? So I was, like, binding my chest after, and they were like, are you, are you binding it the right way? I was like, yeah, no, I'm doing this shit, like, tight as fuck, I promise. Like, <laughs> I can't breathe. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, dead ass. So maybe it has something to do with, like, 
I don't know, like this, I think it has to do with like the space between your chest cavity and like the, mm. your bones or whatever. And like, if it's not binded well enough or something, just like blows hmm. up something along those lines. That's annoying. I remember binding my chest hella hard after surgery. I wore like a really tight compression shirt that was made for like three-year-olds. <laughs> and then uh, I like used like the, it kind of looked like a big ace bandage, it like just wrapped around my chest like four times. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Did they tell you that when you, cause I'm guessing obviously you had to see your chest for the first time when you took off all the binding and stuff. Did they tell you that you had to like, sit down when you took all that off for the first time or no no because they didn't they they didn't tell me that either and i was fully standing up in the mirror being like ready to see my chest and fully was looking in the mirror took it off and i was like hmm i'm feeling a little faint and i fully fainted and fully barfed (laughs) it was terrible that's awful (laughs) i guess because like i guess because all the compressions coming off of you at once all that like weight or some shit that you have to be Mm -hmm. sitting down kind of fucking surgeon doesn't tell you that (laughs) whack whack uh where did you go for your top surgery i went to beth israel in boston Ooh, boston so you had to travel for that a little bit yeah it was about an hour or so okay not bad not bad yeah. How was the, the car ride back? Because for me, I hit like every pothole and I thought I was going to die. Uh, <laughs> I was like nauseous as fuck on the car ride home. I remember oh. my buddy picked me up, my best friend actually, he picked me up and he brought me back to his house. And I remember just like sitting on his bed and being like, bro, I think I'm going to puke. He's like, <laughs> nah, dude. <laughs> I was like... I'm going to puke. <laughs> I got up and I went to his bathroom and I just fucking vomited. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't even go home after your surgery? <laughs> no. So, okay. So when I got top surgery, I was living at my old roommate's house and I didn't have like an actual room there. Like I was legit living in a storage closet. So I slept on a beanbag and it was after surgery. And I was like, I'm not sleeping on a fucking beanbag for the next <laughs> two weeks to a month. <laughs> so... <laughs> Dude, that would be awful. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm not doing that shit. So <laughs> I ended up staying with my um, sister for a little while. And then I went to my ex-girlfriend's house after that. Nice, nice. But right after your surgery, you went to your friend's house. And he did yes. he keep you there for like a week? Or did you like go? <laughs> no. Where did you go from there? <laughs> so I went to my best friend. <laughs> I went to my best friend's house and then I went to uh, my sister's pick me up and then I went to her house for like two weeks. And then after that, I was able to like drive again. I technically got gotcha. supposed to, but I did anyways. Yeah. I drove to my ex-girlfriend's house and then I just didn't drive again. Gotcha. After that. Did you, I'm sorry. I just, I need to get this right. Did you, right after your surgery, you went to your friend's house and then did you sleep the night there and then your sister came to get you? No. Or did you do- <laughs> I went to my friend's house for like maybe two hours. <laughs> I don't even remember why. <laughs> Just to pop over and hang out. Like right after you got a pretty like intense surgery. Yeah. Oh. That's so funny, bro. I'm sorry. Why is that so funny? 
Because, like, after my surgery, bro, I had to be – I have, like, 25 steps up, like, to get to my front door. And I had to be carried up. I could not walk upstairs. And then, like, I pl- had to be plopped into my own bed and, like – had to be fed soup like how were you just like at your friend's house <laughs> chilling i was like dead oh. I was like, yo what's up dude <laughs> like mad tired <laughs> and not to mention oh. also too so i was leaving the hospital and the lady was like do you need help like getting to the car i was like nah nah i'm good and i walked over to the car and almost like <laughs> ate shit on the ground <laughs> The nurse came like running back over. She's like, Are you sure you're okay? And then she just helped me in the car. I'm getting the vibes. Dude, yeah, I'm getting the vibes that you're a very just like chill back, I don't care, I don't need no help kind of person. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny though. Wow. You're definitely just like, Fuck everyone, I'm chilling. I don't need no help. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so i want to go back a little bit here um and ask you when you came out as trans yeah so i came out when i was like 12 i was almost 13 but yeah right around then like came out like is that when you just knew yourself you were trans or you, you started telling people at like 12, 13? That was when I started telling people because I first told my friends and then I went and told my family. At 12 years old? hmm So you were in what, middle school? Yeah, I think I was in seventh grade. What the hell, bro? <laughs> That's wild. And okay, so before that, how long did you know you were trans before you told anybody? Uh, probably about a year or so, I'd say. I think I really started to figure things out when I was, like, 11. Um, I always always knew that I was kind of, like, off, like, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, the things that I would do, <laughs> I just knew were not normal. Like, <laughs> I remember, like, going online and, like, posing as a guy and always pretending to be a guy. And I felt, like, so much more comfortable, like, being that way. And I was like, that's not normal. <laughs> wow. That's, like, crazy because I feel like... How did you even know at such a young age, like what being trans even was? Because I feel like I didn't know what being trans was until I was like 16. Yeah, I did a fuck ton of research when I was a kid. So like, I just like went down the rabbit hole and was just like researching stuff. Then I started watching YouTube videos like most trans guys do. Yeah. I started watching like <laughs> Sam Collins. I watched like mm-hmm. Alex Birdie, Noah Fins. I started oh, watching yeah. uh, Jamie Dodger, Samantha Lux. I started watching a bunch of people and I was like, oh, okay, this is starting uh, to click. <laughs> were you just like hella self-aware from a young age? Like, I guess so. <laughs> that's crazy. I can't imagine like being 12 and being like, and like figuring out who I am. It took me way too long, I guess. <laughs> I just no, don't I think mean, I'm like, that self-aware. As a, as a kid, I just had like a lot of alone time pretty much because my family was like, even though I had like a big family, my family was like never around so i had like a bunch of time to myself to like figure shit out so i think it was back then when i was like really able to figure shit out on my own bittersweet bittersweet because like you had the time to figure out who you were but i guess it probably gets pretty lonely yeah (laughs) did your family like how was your family when you came out as trans they were crazy they did not like that (laughs) they were like you're gonna go to hell 
you're gonna burn in hell for that you're just a tomboy and my mom said like she was like nothing you've ever done in your life has shown me that you're a trans like just thinking back to my childhood i'm just like how (laughs) like what do you mean (laughs) like just so when they were literally calling you a tomboy like that's um that's literally a signal i don't know if y'all know (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of a dead giveaway (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So they fully didn't support you or anything. Is did anybody in your in your family support you? My sister. So I have two sisters. My oldest sister was like okay with it. Um, so she was the first person in my family I actually came out to before I like told my mom and my sister and my dad. Um, so I told my oldest sister first, and she was like, uh, you know, your mom and dad are not gonna like this. So I I wouldn't tell them for you. <laughs> And then, like, as a kid, like, you know, you want your family to love you and accept you no matter what. So I was kind of, like, in that mindset. I was like, well, I didn't really know what my family thought of trans people because they never talked about it. Like, I know that they didn't like gay people. So I knew that, like, being a part of the LGBT community, that it would be at least probably some sort of negative reaction. And my sister told me that. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I really want to tell them now. And so, like, Mm. I thought about it and I waited a lot of time. And I just didn't for a while because I, I didn't want to be like shamed. Right. And yeah. so, like one day, my mom came into my room and I had like this pink binder. Um, not like like an actual binder like that you think of, but like a binder with like for school. And I had a picture in there of like two guys kissing that I drew as a kid. And my Aww. mom came in the room and she was like what is that that's disgusting and i was like <laughs> no it's, it's just two dudes kissing like what, what get over it like, mom gross. <laughs> she's like that's gross why is that there why would you why would you draw something like that and i was like actually mom i have something to tell you i'm trans <laughs> and then that's where it just fucking went to shit ah uh, so it sounds like you have a very religious family yes they were very religious baptist christians baptist christians wow <clears throat> So, wow, at 12, you were like, Mom, I'm a dude. And she was like, you're going to hell. Yep. (laughs) That's wild, bro. (laughs) And now I'm guessing you said before that you were living in a storage closet? Yes, I lived there for about like a year and a half or so, I'd say. And I'm guessing is this because your family was unsupportive? Yeah, so basically I graduated high school and then a couple months later I was like, they were trying to force me to go to college initially and I didn't want to go to school at the time because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and I wasn't about to sign off to a bunch of loans to get myself in debt for something I didn't want to do forever. So I was, uh, and I also didn't have any of my documents changed or anything at the time too. So I didn't want to, I just wanted to transition was really my main goal at that point in my life. And I knew that they weren't going to accept it. So I made an escape plan with my buddy and I was like, hey, man, like, would your dad be comfortable? Like, would you guys be okay if I moved in your place? Like, I can pay rent. Like, I don't care. I just need to get out of the place that I'm at now um, just to transition and be more comfortable. Gotcha. And Nico and his dad are super cool. So they were like, yeah, of course. Like, no worries, man. I was like, awesome. So we made a date for me to move in. Um, so we set that date and like the day before I was going to move in, I gave my parents literally like no chance, <laughs> but I didn't, I knew they weren't going to believe me anyway, <laughs> but <I> was, <laughs> the day before I was going to move in, I was like, uh, so, um, 
dad. Um, I'm trans and I'm going to continue to transition and I want to start my medical transition. So if you don't want me to do that under your roof, I won't. I'll move out. But I just want to give you like that option because I don't want to just blindside you and just fucking completely mm-hmm. leave. But right. uh, if you're comfortable with it, I'll stay here and transition. Otherwise, I'm going to move out and I'm going to find another place where people mm-hmm. will let me transition and be who I am. Hell yeah. And you were you were 18 at this point, right? Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> and my dad was like, well... Like, let's look into this. Like, let's let me look it up. Uh, I don't know about this. And I was like, Dad, I've been doing research for years. Like, I told you guys that I was trans a while. He tried to gaslight me too. He's like, You never told me you were trans. I was like, What do you mean? Like, why do you think all my friends call me Luke? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, they'll pull they'll pull every card out on you to stop you. They really will. So I was like okay um he's like let me do research and i was like okay dude whatever and he's like but i don't think you should talk to your mom about this and i was like well i'm going to <laughs> so after i had a conversation with him <laughs> i went upstairs and i was like mom i'm going to start my medical transition whether you like it or not if you don't want me to stay under this roof at that time then that's fine i'll leave but i'm putting this in your hands and she was like you're giving me ultimatums and I don't like that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to transition. So I, well, yeah, well, I'm 18 now. It. So yeah, yeah it's, it's your like, life. You can live it however you want, especially when you turn 18. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to transition then. And I'm going to leave because I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> so <laughs> I was wow. like, all right, whatever. And then the next day, um, comes around and my friend and his dad are on the way over. I have everything packed. So I start loading all my shit out into the car. Mm-hmm. My sister comes out of her room. My younger, not my younger sister, but the, not the older one, but the one in the middle. Got you. So my sister comes over and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm leaving. LOL. <laughs> and so I continue <laughs> all my shit and of course the snitch that she is goes to run and tell my dad and she's like he's leaving oh (laughs) no yeah i am leaving and then my dad like is like why are you leaving i said we could look into this and i was like yeah but like your wife doesn't want me here like and it's Mm. obvious so i'm not gonna stay like there's no point Mm-hmm. He was like, no, no, don't leave, don't go. And I just continued packing all my shit. And he got like really sad. Like that was the first time I'd ever seen my dad like cry, but he was crying then. And I was like, what the fuck? This wow. is wild. But I still continued to pack all my shit. And then uh, my sister had to go to like work at the time. And so she was getting ready to go into the car. And then my mom came over and she started like yelling at me. And she's like, oh, like, you think I don't love you? You think I don't care about you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I gave birth to you. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything. It's <laughs> like, the roof over your head. And I was like, yeah, you know, like the bare minimum, what you're supposed to do as a parent. Like, Yep. What? Yep. And then I remember one of the last things that she said to me was, don't cry at my funeral. <laughs> it's like, oh my okay. god! <laughs> so you don't you don't speak to your family at all anymore, besides your sister, I guess. 
I do now a little bit, but not that much. So that was one of the last things she said to me before I left. And I didn't talk to her for like months after I left. Um, And then my dad, every time, because my dad has always been the one who's been a little bit more supportive and Mm -hmm. has tried to like get me to talk to her. So he just like kept forcing it. And so finally I like decided to talk to her a little bit, but I don't really talk to her that much. Cause like whenever I go over, they try to make like, a point to like never say like my name or use my pronouns mm-hmm. so i'm just like eh, i i don't really go over i go over like a couple times a year but that's about it i don't so, text them or anything i lost you for just a smidge there so you 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 only see them a couple times a year and when you do go yeah. they don't even they try not to even like acknowledge that you're a man yeah, like, my dad's a little bit better. Like, he'll occasionally say, like, Luke and sometimes and stuff like that. But, like, he'll be weird about it. He'll be like, my people, my people. He'll always say, mm-hmm. like, my people. So it's like, mm-hmm. bro, I know and you're it's, covering up. Yeah, yeah. It's surprising <laughs> that your dad um, is the more supportive one. I feel like dads are usually the ones who are more like, get out of my house, where the moms are like, no, please stay, you know? Right. Yeah, that's I feel like that's the typical family dynamic, but like my dad's been always a lot more cool than my mom. So do you talk to yeah. one of them more than the other? Like do you talk to your dad more now or do you I talk to my dad uh a little bit more than my mom, but I don't really talk to him that much either. He'll occasionally like text me and he'll be like, "Hey, like what's going on, kid?" and he'll be like, "Not much." Yeah, that's about it. Wow. <laughs> so you graduated high school and Turned 18 and immediately was like, I'm doing this, whether you like it or not. You moved out and you didn't speak to your family for a couple months. And then you moved into your friend's house, you said, Nico, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to ask, you said you were living in their storage closet. Yeah. That's wild, first of all. How much room did you have? Not that much room like I could not even fit a bed in there like it was literally just like a small six foot bean bag and I was like directly next to like a washer and a dryer and that wow. was all that was in my room a, a boiler <laughs> and that wow. was all that was in my room yeah wow dude was your back and neck like killing you every night from sleeping on a bean bag <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it wasn't the best I had like an okay pillow but it was like super hot so I was always like tossing and turning and the beanbag of course was like unsupportive as fuck so oh my god and can I ask were you because this was before top surgery right yes were you binding at this time I did but I had to stop um so I had a pretty small chest anyway uh, but I still use like an, a binder like occasionally like if I went to work or if like I was seeing like a girl or something like I would wear it but like this is also kind of gross but when I would wear the binder like my chest would like it it started to like ooze your chest yeah <laughs> it was like oozing it was disgusting i didn't know what the fuck the problem was i went to the doctors they were like i don't fucking know so i just like stopped binding and when i stopped binding the problem went away so i was like yeah i'm just not gonna bind i've never heard that before wow how long did you did you bind for before that happened um 
was really infrequently because I had a small chest, but I think at the time when I was like frequently binding, it probably was like like every day at that point. Wow. For like, I want to say maybe like six months or so. Hmm. And then your chest started oozing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, I guess like – was it a huge deal when you had to stop because, like you said, you had a small chest? So did you just wear, like, big T-shirts? That's what I did. Yeah, it wasn't a huge deal. It was kind of annoying, though. But I had a smaller chest, so it wasn't as much of a problem. Right. I was asking because I was thinking about um, you sleeping on a beanbag every night. And also, like, that hurts your back. And I was like, was he also binding during this? Like, I would be as stiff as a fucking rock. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's wild, bro. Jeez. And can I ask, did your family, did your parents know where you were staying during this or did you not tell them? Yeah, they knew where I was staying. And they knew you were, did they know you were sleeping in a, in a boiler room basically? No. Gotcha. I told them I was sleeping on the couch. <laughs> gotcha. Do you think if you told them you were sleeping in a small little closet, they'd like force you to come home? Uh... I don't think they'd force me to come home, but I think they'd probably, like, find some sort of way to, like, fuck me over. Wow. So, I can't believe that. That takes balls to, at 18 years old, to up and leave your family home and be like, I'm out. Y'all don't support me. I'm out. Good on you, dude. That's wild. And how long did you stay at your friend's house for? I stayed there for about a year and a half. I left last year, I think. Oh, wow. I think and I left last April. Gotcha. Yeah, I left last April. And I'm guessing you were working the whole time you were living there? Yeah. Saving up money? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Um, that's the way to do it, man. If you have an unsupportive family at home, like – that would be my tip, you know, get out, leave, stay with a friend and save up money. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely wild. Now, did you, when you were going to school prior to, before you moved in with your friend, what was school like for you? Cause I'm guessing, you know, you had a very religious family at home. Did that carry over into school in any way? So in middle school, it wasn't too bad. So middle school, um, I was in like a regular like public school. So I had told my friends at the time and they were all super supportive. Like nobody, nobody really gave me any issues in my middle school. That was a public school. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, at least my friends, I don't know if anyone was like blowing me behind my back or anything, but like to my <laughs> face, all my friends were super nice to me. So it was fine, really. Um, it was only until high school when things like really started to change for me. So I went to four different high schools. The first four one that different I went high to, schools. God, yeah. bro, that's wild. The first one that I went to was the more public school of the same town that I lived in, and it was mm-hmm. fine. Um, year after that, I ended up moving to a different town, so I had to go to a different school. That school sucked. <laughs> Dude, I remember. So uh, I was just trying to rip the Band-Aid off in all my classes. So whenever I was in the class, I told them that I went by Luke. Mm -hmm. Didn't explain why. Didn't need to. 
it's probably easy for the kids to figure out, but I just said that I went by Luke. And um, there was this one class, it was history class, and it was that new school. So essentially, the way that the school worked, at least in that like classroom, they had us paired up with the person that we were sitting next to, and we all had like assigned seating. And within mm-hmm. the assigned seating, the person next to you had to introduce you to the class. And so I was sitting next to this girl, and I was like, hey, dead name, this is my dead name, but I go mm-hmm. by Luke. And she's like, oh, okay. And then we went to lunch, and we came back from lunch, and then it was our turn to, like, present each other. And um, I presented, like, the girl that was sitting next to me, and then she presented me, but she said my dead name and didn't say my new name at all. And I was just like, my fucking heart sank to the bottom of my ass, dude. I was just sitting there like, wow. Uh, how old were you? Was this high school? Yeah, this was high school. I was oh a sophomore, so I was probably like 15 or 16. You were going by Luke, and I'm guessing you were dressing as male and whatnot? Yeah. That's fucked up. It was. Transphobic little bitch. <laughs> god damn dude right after that i was like yeah i'm not fucking staying at this school (laughs) Uh (laughs) yeah and so i complained to my parents and i was like please take me out of this fucking school school like it's terrible Mm -hmm. and then they end up putting me in online school for the rest of that year and that also sucked but it wasn't as bad as (laughs) (laughs) that's other school so it was whatever dude Um, jesus so for different high schools, that's – did you like – you said you liked online schooling a little bit more? Yeah, so it was a little bit better than the previous school that I went to, but it still sucked. And since I still didn't like online school, they were like, okay, so junior year, we'll put you in like a private school or whatever. No, that was a bad idea. I don't know why. No. Mm. So <laughs> I got put in a private school, and it was also a Christian school. Oh, was just how could that be better? <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> did you? Did you? Because you were trans then, right? You were still trans, and yeah. going to a Christian school did that. Like, were you good? Were you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no so that changed the dynamic so i was like i got to that school and i was like shit like i don't know if i should come out if i come out i feel like i'm not gonna make any friends like i don't know what to do so then at that school i went there and i didn't come out initially mm. um so the first like week or so i was sitting with like this group of kids mm. um and i was kind of bored of that friend group but it was whatever <laughs> <laughs> he said y'all are lame <laughs> so when i was a kid like i always fell into that stupid stereotype like i wanted to be one of the cool kids or whatever like a lot of kids do stupid looking back shouldn't have been like that but as a kid i was like damn like these kids are lame <laughs> so <laughs> like one day this girl comes up to me Um, And she was, like, on vacation or whatever, so she missed, like, the first week of school. So the second week, she comes up to me, and she's like, hey, like, you're awesome. Like, you should hang out. We should – you should hang out at my table. We should all talk, whatever. She's like, why are you so quiet? Why are you so shy? And I was like, I don't don't know. I'm just shy, dude. (laughs) I can't control it. 
<laughs> Can you blame me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just shy. And she just was always trying to get me to come out of my shell. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she was like, yeah, you can come sit at my lunch table. I was like, okay, cool. And so I was there. And then like a little while after, like sometime throughout that week, she, we were in class and she was like, hey, what's your Snapchat? And my Snapchat at the time was like my actual mm-hmm. name. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. And I was like, um, I wrote it down for her and I was like, but I can explain that to you later. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she just like looked at me and like was making a face. She's like, why? Why? <laughs> and I was like, I will tell you later. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I ended up telling her eventually. And it was, it's actually kind of fucked up looking back now. But um, so I ended up telling her, I was like, yeah, I go by Luke because I'm trans. Um, but I don't really want a lot of people at the school to know because I'm afraid that they won't accept me. So. Mm-hmm please don't tell anyone. Right. And she was like, okay, for like the first day. But then after that, she just kept like trying to push me to tell people that I was trans. And she was like, I don't feel comfortable with being the only person who knows this. So can you just tell everyone? Are you for and I was, like, so afraid, obviously, because i that's, like, a fucking dangerous thing to do. Like, pushing mm-hmm. someone to come out of the closet in a place that's, like, could be da- potentially dangerous for them. So mm-hmm. I was, like, I really don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't want to. And she's, like, well, I don't want to be the only person who knows. I don't want to be the only person who knows. Just pretty much, like, pressuring me to do it. And at the, the time, fuck? I didn't know what to do. Like, I wanted to have friends. Like, I just wanted to have a right. normal high school experience. So I was, like, you know, whatever. I guess, like if this will make this girl stop, like I'll tell them. So I told my friends um, that I sat with at the table in like a, a group chat. Cause we all had a group chat. So I just told them in the group chat, not even everyone responded to that message. Only some of them did. Most of them were like, Oh, you know, it's okay. We accept you. But then they never changed my name. They never changed my pronouns or my dad did that. Me. I don't think, I don't think my name is even correct in my father's phone to this day, and I've been out for fucking seven years now. <sighs> yeah, did. <laughs> and the Snapchat thing, just to say, because you were talking about Snapchat before, I wanted to say real quick that, that I think all trans guys around the world struggled so... I remember fucking emailing snapchat headquarters being like please let me change my fucking username it's my dead name i'm trans if you don't do this for me you're fucking transphobic <laughs> they left me on red so <laughs> of course. and then the day i remember the day snapchat finally let you change your fucking username it was the best day of my life oh anyways <laughs> back to your story so they were like fake fake as fuck yeah, they, they kind of were. But I just kind of, I just had to deal with it for the rest of school. It kind of sucked. But um, I remember that girl, too, that same week. She was like, so do you still believe in God if you're trans? And I didn't want to lose friends. So I was like, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, because you were, you were at a private school, Catholic school, Christian school. Yeah, and the school was so small, dude. The school had like I want to say a hundred kids in it, so everyone knew everyone. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Like my actual class itself only had like forty people in it. <gasps> wow. Imagine trying to like fit in, being like 
people asking you, do you believe in God or not? And you have feeling pressured to say yes <laughs> yeah. in order to fit in. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I can't guess imagine I said that. the right answer too, because I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, good. I was worried. Oh. <laughs> <Phew>. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> Oh my god, that's whack as hell. Did you did you have to wear uniforms or anything? Yeah, we did. <clears throat> did you get to wear a male uniform? Yeah. So luckily, uh, the uniforms were pretty chill. It was basically like a polo and pants. You could do like a polo and a skirt, or I think they had dresses too. Hmm. And it sounds like you wear that shit. I didn't fucking wear that shit. <laughs> Oh, it sounds like you passed pretty well, Preeti, though, because nobody knew, right? Unless you told them. Wow, good for you. That's fun. That's probably bittersweet, but it's one of the better things of changing schools is that nobody knows you, so you can pass better, I guess. Because when I came out of trans, everyone in my school already fucking knew who I was prior to. (laughs) There's no hiding Mm it. (laughs) (laughs) But so you were just surrounded by fucking religious people throughout your entire yeah. childhood. Yeah, wow. Now fun. can I can I ask you growing up did you were you yourself religious? Like throughout your um, transition? So no, not really. So when I was a kid, I was religious because that's how I grew up, so I like gravitated to that. Um, and I went to Sunday school and I went to church every Sunday. Like my family wanted me to, but like, I kind of just like started thinking about it myself and I was like, this kind of doesn't really make sense. (laughs) And so I kind of just stopped believing in it. I (laughs) couldn't admit that to my family or else they'd ostracize me even more, be pissed at me. So I kind of just kept that to myself. I did like come home one time with like a Buddha necklace on. My mom was mad. (laughs) My mom was mad. (laughs) Oh, dude. See, that's that's wild because I've, I mean, like, my experiences with religion and stuff relating to being trans is, like, nothing compared to that. I couldn't imagine that. Like, I came out and to my mom as trans, and I think the only thing that, like, that had to do with religion was, like, my mom was kind of just, like, God made you the way you were for a reason or God loves you the way you are. And I was like, God would want me to be happy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of the only like, and then I have, okay. I have this aunt who I only ever see during Christmas time. Mm. And she, again, this does not even, this is not even close to what you had to go through, but I remember I cried (laughs) because we were in my kitchen and it was like all of my extended family in my kitchen. And I was like freshly trans and going by Cody and he and pronouns. And my mom had finally come around to it. My sister, everyone in my immediate family was supporting me and calling me Cody. Uh, And this was kind of my introduction to my extended family being like, hi, I'm Cody. This is me now. And my aunt, cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Future Max cut that name out. <laughs> my my aunt who is uh, a god freak, 
uh, <laughs> it was really religious, uh, stood in my kitchen in front of everyone and was like, again, was like, God wants you to be how you were born. Like you need to stay how you are. You need to keep being a girl and you're going to rot in hell if you do anything other than that in front of my entire family. And I was like, <laughs> why'd you say that? <laughs> and then I ran outside and cried. <laughs> So that's, and then I just, I don't see her like ever, except for on Christmas yeah. where I just ignore her. But <laughs> <laughs> so does so, she use the right pronouns now? Not the right pronouns. I don't think she calls me Cody because she sees everybody else doing it. And I think, I think that's the thing when, uh, when people see everybody else calling you Cody and calling, calling you Cody, calling me Cody. <laughs> calling you by the right name and the right pronouns they feel like the one who's outcasted they don't want to be the one who looks stupid so they'll just blindly follow everybody else so mm -hmm. she'll call me by my name but like you said i think she'll try and stay away from pronouns and just be like that one that kid over there <laughs> mm -hmm. instead of like make it so weird i know it's like you're you're the one pointing it out nobody else is uncomfortable but you yeah I'll never get it. But, dude, I can't imagine, like, being surrounded by that much religious religion from a young age and then coming out on the other side and, like, being where you are today. Because you've gotten top surgery. You've got – you've you're on testosterone. Like, you, you're doing it. You're doing it, and nobody – you're doing it by yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nobody had to really help you get, get you there, it seems like. <clears throat> And you know, it was tough. I bet it was. Well, what do you think was the hardest part for you? The hardest part was definitely like feeling alone, like the whole time, because like, like I had my friends, which was they were great, of course, but mm. like the one like group of people that are supposed to love you like unconditionally, no matter what. Just like as a kid, that just took a huge toll on me. Like I was very depressed as a kid because I was just like the few people that are supposed to love me and accept me for who I am don't accept me. And it was just, it was awful. And so as a kid, like I kind of had to figure out like, Hey, like get myself into the mindset, like, Hey, you're going to have to do this alone and you're going to have to figure this out. But mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be that statistic, you know? So I was like, I, I got to do this. So. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think it, it makes you mature at a very young age. And like, again, I, my family ended up being supportive later down the line, but I think for a little while, even I had that mindset of like, fuck it. Like if nobody's going to be behind me, I have to become my own best friend and do whatever mm -hmm. possible. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think it goes to show, and it goes into our first topic a little bit of religion versus trans people in general. I think it goes to show that religion and God itself, typically, what people will tell you is it's supposed to be this love and like welcoming, warm welcoming thing where like you're supposed to be accepted and loved no matter what and God loves all. But in my humble opinion, I think that religion is an excuse to hate people and to spread hate where God is supposed to be all loving. You know what I mean? Right. Cause like for me, I, 
I don't know where I stand on religion. I don't think that I like, I am a certain religion. I think that I believe in a God. I feel like a lot of things have happened in my life where I'm like, cause I find myself like, <laughs> I'm one of those people who are like, I don't know if I believe in God and then something really bad is happening. And I'm like, please God help me. <laughs> like, I'll find myself praying and I'm like, uh, this feels like wrong. Maybe I should say that I believe in God. <laughs> so I think I believe in God, but I just don't believe in religion. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're like, I don't know. I feel like why <laughs> again, this is just my opinion, but why would God care about my gender? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like the man has so much more on his plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like you said, like it's supposed to be like a religion that's like super accepting and like God loves you no matter what and God's not judgmental. So mm-hmm. like why are you being judgmental? Like the only person at the end of the day who's supposed to judge you is Mm -hmm. God or Mm -hmm. whatever. So it's like, how do you think you have the right to tell me what I should be doing? Right. And like uh, your relationship is with God. I think typically people would say that it's supposed to be a personal relationship. Like I, I, like I talk to God and on my own personal time, you talk to God in your own personal time. Who says our gods are even the same? Like, what if I'm talking to a completely whole different dude? Like, <laughs> and it goes to show we know more about trans people than we know about God. Like, <laughs> there's proof that trans people exist and there's no valid actual proof that God exists. So, like, right. how about we take the group that exists and is real? And we focused on them and treat them better. I feel like that would just make sense. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, because I remember actually when I went to Pride uh, back in June, there was uh, like a, there were people, Jesus freaks, who um, were protesting. And it was like, a, they weren't like really saying anything. They weren't, they were just holding up their signs. And watching a bunch of people take pictures with them and make them look like zoo animals. So they were just standing there. And I kind of went up to one of them. I was like, you do know that like trans people exist and like your God who's spreading hate does not. And like that alone should be enough for you to be like, hmm, something's wrong here. (laughs) I don't know. Not to say that like whatever – God doesn't exist, but like trans people do. We have more proof of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Was everybody in your family like religious or like like even like extended family? Like did you just come from a very religious family? Or did you have yeah, like so one person? Family was religious too. I didn't see them that much though, so I don't really know too much about like where they stand on those things. But like, so my mom, as a kid, like my mom was always kind of religious, but it just got like progressively worse as I got older. So I'm going to throw this on you, but essentially, so her mom died um, when I was a kid. And so like right after her mom died, she just like changed into a different person just went like crazy religious because her mom was Mm. very religious and i think so after her mom died she became very religious i don't know if it was maybe as a way to like connect to her or like 
fill that void or something. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But then right after that, she just became way worse than she was before. Jeez. I mean, like, I get that because, like, in I, I have heard, like, in your – with me. Like, I've been through some traumatic things, and in those moments is the moments where I'm talking to God. Like, people in their darkest and grieving moments will find God the most, and I do believe that that's, mm-hmm. like, a thing and that's valid. Yeah. But I don't know, to like, to believe in God and love God and have a connection with God is different than spreading hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's wild too, because like the year before, so her mom died on Easter, but the year before that Easter was crazy. So my mom was like an abusive person, mostly emotionally um, and verbally, but not really physically that much. But the year before the Easter that her mom died, me and my dad had gotten into an argument. And during that argument, um, he ended up going into like a different room and my brother came in the room and I just started venting to my brother about it because I wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so my mom heard me talking to my brother um, and my dad was like, what did you just say? And I was like, I wasn't talking to you. And my mom was like, did you just talk back? And I was like, oh, God. Uh She was like, you can't talk back to him. And I was like, okay, my bad. And then my brother ended up leaving in the room. Mm -hmm. My mom ended up, like, trying to fight with me. And I knew it was going to end bad. I knew she was going to try and ground me. So I closed and locked the door and I hid like all my electronics away. So that way she couldn't get them. But Mm -hmm. she just started yelling and I was like banging on the door and shit. And I was like, I'm not going to win this. So I just unlocked the door. I let her in and she was like, give me all your electronics. Give me all your shit. And I was like, okay. So I went into my closet to grab all the electronics. And bro, I turn around and she's just choking the shit out of me. And I just like, my dad comes into the room, he takes her off of me, and he's like, I just start screaming. I'm like, yo, this woman's trying to kill me. This woman's trying to kill me. She's trying to kill me. She left the house after all my my sister started crying. Everybody was upset, of course. And then she left the house. My mom didn't come back that night until like super late. And then she didn't talk to me or my siblings for like a week after that. And then my dad was like, oh, I know. I know what will fix this. You guys should apologize to her, and she might talk to you again. It's like, okay, Why so we have to apologize for her choking at me? No, literally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we didn't do anything wrong. Like, she mm-hmm. literally put her hands on me, and you want mm-hmm. me to apologize for that? Like, what the fuck? So me and my siblings wrote an apology letter. So we left that on her bed. Next day, she talked to us like nothing ever happened. Oh and my then God. the year after, her mom died. So I don't want to say karma, but (laughs) (laughs) she went crazy. (laughs) That's not funny. I mean, like, hey, you're not wrong. Like, (laughs) that is wild, though. I'm first of all, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That's traumatic for anybody. Like, if you're going to have a kid. Uh, what's the point if that's how you're going to act? Right. Jesus, dude, I'm sorry. Now, it's okay. you were gaslit into writing 
an apology letter, <laughs> which yeah. I feel like that's that's like the standard for children nowadays, where it's like, oh, you do something wrong, apologize to me. Like, mm-hmm. or I do something wrong, apologize to me. Like, parents, yeah. parents are incapable of fucking up and making mistakes. Although choking your child is not a mistake. That's <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And but your dad came in and tried to like get her off of you? Yeah, so he took her off of me. Jeez. But was your dad abusive in any way or was he just like No. Well, good. not to me. As a kid, I know that like he used to discipline uh my older brother and I think my older sister with like a belt but I was very little my brother's 11 years older than me so I don't really remember that time that much but I think they used to like hit them with like a belt if they did something wrong but then it never happened to my younger my middle sister or me so maybe by then they learned that that's no longer how we parent children anymore (laughs) I think so (laughs) (laughs) because like I don't know like even like my parents have stories and their parents have stories of like how their parents used to beat them and shit. And like, it doesn't mean that that's how like parenting works now. Like I get it. It was a thing back then. And like, you had to go through that and I'm so sorry that you did, but that does not like times change. It does not mean you have to treat me like that. Like, yeah, God, that's awful. And you said that you apologized and then she acted like nothing ever happened. Yeah, she's still to this day never apologized for it. Oh. I don't know if I ever will get one out of her. Uh, why is that also a thing? Like, moms will just like go to sleep and then pretend like they didn't just fucking <laughs> rip your whole life apart. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Why is that a thing? Oh, I hate that. God, I don't know. I feel like. This day and age, our generation is very up to date about like what toxic is and how to have a healthy relationship with people and what communication is. And that generation, mm-hmm. our parents are so like, sorry, mom, if you're watching this, but like, it's true. Like <laughs> their generation is so like, keep to yourself, keep your emotions to yourself. If somebody pisses you off, act on it and then act like it never happened. Like it's like communication is not a thing. Other people's emotions don't matter. Like it's a very every man for himself type of mentality. I feel like, I don't know. And it sucks seeing like that get passed on to other generations. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cause at the end of the day, it sucks to hear that like, Oh, we all turn into our parents. Like, I, I love you, mom. I love you, dad. But I don't want to be you. I want to be my own person. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like our generation, all in all, is like changing that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see like our generation, like as parents. Like, I hope it's a lot better. I think it will be like I try and think of our generation's parents and it's like okay how transphobic are they gonna be and I don't know if I'm naive but I think it's going to be a little bit better than what we grew up with you know what I mean yeah we're just more woke I guess (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I wanted to, since you've been through it and you get it and you had to deal with it, I want to ask you if you had any tips for people, for trans people in general who grew up with religious families or just unsupportive families in general? Because, I mean, you had to go through it. You did it all on your own. I'm sure you know what to do. Yeah, so I would definitely say to try and find, like, a friend or somebody that you can rely on who's not, like, within your family to just talk to and have, like, as a person that you can always go to, whether it's with trans stuff or to not trans stuff, to just have that, like, little backbone there for you. So that way you're not going through everything completely alone because it sucks to go through everything completely alone. It really does. So I would just either try to find someone who's a little bit supportive and just try and stick with them and then talk to them. Otherwise, um, if you can't do that, um, isolating yourself from your family is good too. That's kind of what I did. Um, My dad was never really around a ton because he was always at work. So my mom was kind of the one who was around more often. And then my siblings were usually busy off doing things. But I would just try to like be in my room, be in my own space and do my own stuff. Like I wouldn't really hang out with them that much because it just upset me and I just didn't enjoy it. So I would try and be on my own and do my own things. And it was lonely as well, too. But it was better than dealing with people who don't care about you and don't accept you for who you are. Mm -hmm. I would definitely agree that being alone sucks, but being around people who are nasty to you is a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. I think um, when I we first started talking, I said to you, I was like, you very much strike me as somebody who doesn't believe that family is all like everything you need in life. Because there's people that are very family oriented who are like family is everything. And like while I love my family, if they didn't support me, if they refused to call me by my name and my pronouns and were nasty to me, a uh, bye bye, a uh, bye bye. Yeah. Like blood doesn't mean, in my opinion, blood doesn't mean shit if it doesn't come with love and respect. You know what I mean? Exactly. I agree, hundred percent. Because then you think about it and you're like, well, I've met so many people, a lot of friends along the way who love and support me and we're not blood related, and I would call them family way faster than I'd call my own family family. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Blood ain't shit. And I think that kind of falls into the third topic of how important is family when coming out slash transitioning. And I feel like we've already answered the fact that both of us think that not that important. (laughs) (laughs) It really isn't. I mean, like, I am 100%. I believe in your chosen family. And if your family happens to fall within your chosen family, that's awesome. But that's also not the reality for a lot of other people, too. There's a lot of other people who have very religious families who don't accept their kids or accept them for being trans or gay or bi or anything along that spectrum so i think chosen family is definitely going to be the best like you can have like i have a bunch of friends who love me and support me and like you said i'd choose them as my family any day over my so-called family who doesn't support me so Mm -hmm. that's a real that was a really 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 cool way of putting it i don't think i've ever heard that before you said um choose your family and if you're like blood family ends up also being your chosen family, then that's great. That was really cool. I like that. (laughs) I think that um, also, I think you said, you know, reaching out to friends and I think finding other trans people is definitely 
a really important step in anyone's transition. Did you have other trans people in your life during this or no? I did not. So I made one trans friend, like, I want to say like seven months ago or so. That's it. You're literally my only trans friend I have. So I have no trans friends. (laughs) Dude, I get it. I, up until starting this podcast, which was six months ago now, I did not know a single trans person for eight years I was trans, not a single one, never spoke to another one, never got any advice. It was very lonely. And I've talked about it in prior episodes, but like, I don't think I understood the weight of not having any trans people in life. Cause you could talk to cis people, trans or cis friends as much as you can, but all you're going to get from that really, and no offense to any of my cis friends, I love you all, but all you're really, all you really can get from that is empathy and sympathy maybe. Yeah. But yeah, you can't you can't get the relatability. You know what I mean. You can't get that feeling that you were craving. You're craving to feel less alone, and you're not going to find that. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the biggest tips I personally would give is finding like trans people on the internet. <laughs> like, obviously, be careful yeah. when doing so. But like, reaching out to trans people because typically, trans people want to help you. If you're trans too, you know what I mean? Like if you reach out and you're like, yo, you're really cool. I need help. Can you give me some advice? I don't think there's a single trans person out there that would say no to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would Unless definitely they're an say asshole, that. But True. I mean, hey, I... <laughs> there are a couple of them. There, but- <laughs> there are quite a few. There are quite a few. <laughs> but, but most uh, yeah. of them are usually very willing to help, and they understand the struggle. But yeah, I agree with you. It is obviously a lot nicer to have friends who actually understand what you're truly going through, because having cis people is great, but they don't really understand. Right. So it's hard. Right. And I think also, you said while you were going through this, you were working right? When you were living by yourself and stuff, you were working and I'm sure you put in hours at work to save up money. I did. Yeah. And can I ask, did you pay for uh, your top surgery and your surgery yourself just from working? No. So originally I was going to, so I saved up money when I was uh, previously living at my parents' house. I had some money. I had a couple thousand, but I didn't have enough for top surgery. Then when I moved to my friend's house, I had more money saved up and I continued to get money as I was working. And so I was going to pay out of pocket for my top surgery. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to see just maybe if my insurance company will accept me. So I reached out to my insurance company, like through a little like online chat bot thing. And I was like, Hey, do you guys take gender affirming care? And they were like, yes, we do top surgery. I was like, fuck yeah. So I had like all this money saved up that I didn't even have to spend on top surgery. Wow. And I was just able to get it that way. Wow. Good for you. That's not something I feel like, well, I feel like now it happens more often than you think, but I didn't, I think I also was so, when I was trying to find a surgeon and everything, I didn't even understand what insurance was and how it could pay for things. And I did not get it in the slightest. So I fully was just like, okay, found a surgeon that'll give me keyhole. His, his, his results look good. I'm going with him. And he was like, okay, hand me $11,000. And I was like, okay, I have to go work for a little bit to make that money up. (laughs) So that's (laughs) That's what I did. 
Yeah, I didn't even understand that that was though. like a thing. Thank you. It was probably the hardest and the longest I've worked in all of my life. Mm-hmm. But I did it, and I had that mentality of like, ain't nobody else going to do this for you. Like work, 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 work. And then after that, I will say after that, I have never like – my work ethic – sucks since then because i felt like i had nothing else to work for after i got my top surgery <laughs> like i would get up for work every day and be like i'm doing this for me i'm motivated i can do it and then i got my top surgery and i was like well i have nothing else to work for <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so that's really cool that your insurance paid for your top surgery what about your uh testosterone Nah, they don't pay for that. So <laughs> my insurance company <laughs> sucks. I mean, luckily they paid for top surgery and I have to pay out of pocket for testosterone because it's not really that expensive. Usually what I do um, is I just use GoodRx coupons and it makes tea like 10 bucks. That's what I'd recommend. If anyone is struggling for the cost of tea, get GoodRx. Just, I don't even have GoodRx. I literally just look up like GoodRx testosterone coupons in a bunch will pop up. You just show that to the pharmacist. They pop in some codes and then you're good. And it makes shit way less expensive. Like instead of being like fifty what? bucks for me, it's like ten. What? I have never heard of that in my life, bro. I was paying a hundred dollars out of pocket when I used to go to my endocrinologist. I was paying a hundred dollars every time. No. Yeah, bro. Use good RX. That is wild. It's I like- use I use Fox Health now, which is they just changed their thing to like thirty dollars a month or something, which is dope. Well, how do you get your testosterone? Do you go to an endocrinologist? Uh, no, I have Planned Parenthood, but I'm trying to switch out of that just because of everything that's been going on. I'm afraid yeah. that I won't have access to it. So I um, scheduled an appointment to have like with an actual doctor to see if they can just put me on that shit. Nice. But um, I was going to try folks, but um, they're not available in my state. So I think when's the last time you checked? Was it a while ago? Mm, no, it was probably a month or two ago. Mm. I, think- I think it has something Go ahead. What were you going to say? I think they're trying to get all 50 states. I think they're only like one or two states away from uh, being available in every state now. I saw so it on Instagram like yesterday. in my state, but it's like estrogen only. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, as I was looking, so there's like a handful of states that they have either both or they have one or they have the other. And mm. there's some states that they don't have both in, which is just mine. So I live in New Hampshire. I plan on moving down to Mass um, when my lease is up. So in April anyway, but um, they have folks in Mass. So I'll be fine whenever I go there next year. But. Gosh, have you ever looked into Plume? Because I know that's another one. Are they available for you? I did look into Plume. They're also not available here. What's well, transphobic? Um. <laughs> if they are, it's also estrogen only or something like that. Well, damn, what do you got against trans guys? The fuck? <laughs> um, now, we talked a lot about uh, you know your past and how you came out and everything. I want to know how you're doing now with everything. So you moved out, obviously, of your friend's house, and you live... Uh, where do you live now? I live in New Hampshire now. So I lived alone for a little while, um, but then I started dating my current girlfriend, and she decided to move in with me. So now we live here together. Oh, my God. How long have you guys been together? We've been together a year. 
my God. I love it. Um, now, was she like your first girlfriend, like as a trans guy? Or no? No. Got you. Has dating been like a thing for you, like a thing that you struggled with being trans? Or is that one of the things that made life easier for you as a trans guy? I'd definitely say I struggled with it uh, just because it's, at least for me, it was harder to find people who would be accepting of like being trans. So it was definitely harder for me to find people who would want to be with me. Mm. That's the struggle for us. Isn't it fun? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's really cool though. You guys have been together for a year. Obviously you're happy and you guys have an apartment together. Yeah. That's dope. Good for you guys. Um, do you, you got top surgery, you said. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do you struggle or have you struggled with dysphoria? Yeah, I still have dysphoria since then, but it's not like nearly as bad as it used to be at all. So your dysphoria came mostly from pre-surgery, top surgery? Yeah, pre-top surgery and like pre-hormones for me. Do you, um, I kind of relate to that for sure. Um, do you struggle with social anxiety or is that a place you do well in social yeah, anxiety I or social dysphoria? Social anxiety because <laughs> I am like, <laughs> I'm really shy. And so like just being trans on top of that is just like, I don't know how I should act because I didn't grow right. up like having that like typical cis guy, mm-hmm. like boyhood i guess i don't know if that's even the right word but like uh, I just didn't yeah grow up that way brotherhood yeah. so brotherhood harder, like <laughs> as an adult like trying to find your way through right. that yeah <laughs> but, like a lot of trans guys struggle with social anxiety just because of the social dysphoria as- aspect of it um mm-hmm. i do feel like that's the only place left in my transition where i'm still like fucking what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) And it's wild because now I have a podcast and like, now I have to like talk and like act like I know what the fuck is going on. (laughs) It's it's all an act. It's all an act. (laughs) You're doing well though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate the validation. Um, You're fooling us. (laughs) It's okay. It's all I do is just fool people all day, every day. Um, my last topic of the day that I wanted to get into before we go is we talked about it a little bit, but trans people in the workplace, because that's something I have yet to talk about, which I think is really important. How long have you been where you have a job right now, right? Yeah. Are you comfortable saying what you do right now? Yeah. So I sell beds. Um, I've been in sales for quite a while. Uh, before I was selling beds, I was selling beanbag furniture, which is actually the piece of bedding that I slept on. So I was selling beanbags. <laughs> it all comes first, full circle. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I was out, not out, but um, I was like actually like myself in both of those workplaces. And I believe those were the first two that I was really able to be like myself, like be, mm-hmm. yeah, be myself. But before then, it was just like dead name and all that other stupid shit. Gotcha. And the job that you have now, are you stealth there, you said? For the most part, yeah. So there is 
three people there who know that I'm trans, but that's it. Got you. And were you working the same job when you got this job when you got top surgery? Yeah, so I was working this job when I had top surgery. And because for me, I know that when I I was working at a liquor store, I nobody there knew I was trans. I was fully stealth except for one person who was my friend. Um, and he or I uh, had to leave to get top surgery and I was going to be out for about a month or two. And I got a lot of questions as to why I was leaving. Did you have to do the same thing? Yeah, I did. And how did how did that the- go? It was kind of awkward, honestly. At the time, I want to say there was like 40 or so, maybe 50, 40 or 50 people in my district at the time. So like at meetings and stuff, like people would have, oh, what are you leaving for? Why are you gone? What's going on? Are you okay? And I'd be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just have some personal stuff going on. People are so damn curious, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Like I remember, because my work, there was only like six of us five of us maybe mm-hmm. and we were all very close and like i was like yeah i'm i had to like tell them that i was getting surgery because i was going to be out for a while and like i had i needed to come back to work i needed a job so yeah i needed to tell them i was getting surgery but i wouldn't tell them what surgery i was getting so i have the hiccups <laughs> and um <laughs> they and there was this guy who was maybe a couple years older than me and he wanted to know so fucking bad what surgery I was getting. And he did the thing where he was like, what surgery are you getting? What surgery are you getting? And I was like, it's none of your business. It's just a minor surgery. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And he did the thing where he motioned to his chest and he was like, and I was like, I don't, I don't even know. And then he motions to like his genitals. And I was like, no, like leave it alone. Stop asking me weird fucking questions. Cause I guess when you don't tell, when you, right. And when you don't tell people what surgery you're getting, they automatically assume it has to do with your private parts. (laughs) So there's really no hiding it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. I think there's a specific way to going about being stealth in the workplace, especially if you are surrounded by transphobic people. Yeah. Were you, was there anybody at your workplace that you knew was like hella transphobic? So I didn't know that they were. So at the time I wasn't out to like anyone minus my, so my best friend who picked me up from surgery I actually got him at job, like at the place that I work at. So he knew, but I obviously knew we've been friends since we were like fucking in first grade. So I knew that he wasn't going to tell anybody or say shit. Right. But it was weird. So um, I left, got surgery, came back. Um, a few months later, I was like, it was my day off. And I randomly get a call from one of the guys that worked at one of the locations that I worked at. He's like, hey, man, uh, the manager's saying some pretty shitty things about you. I figured I'd call you and let you know. I was like, what's up? And he was like, yeah, he was saying that a few months ago you had an add-a-dick-to-me surgery, and that being transgender is wrong, and all these terrible things. And I was like, wow, that's fucking terrible. Thank you for letting me know. And, like, 
it was a fight, like a huge fight apparently between the two. And the manager was trying to write up my coworker and it like went to HR and he was like, do what, do with this information, what you will. But like, and I was like, damn bro, like I didn't want him to get in trouble for standing up for me. Like that's not how that's supposed to go. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking out myself because I don't want this guy to get in trouble. So I told my district manager, I was like, Hey, um, this is going on. I want to let you know why this happened. And my DM was like, Oh, that's, that's bad. Like Hmm. we will, we'll look into it basically. And so I was like, I'm not comfortable working there. I'm not going to that location ever again. Like I'm, I'm just not going there. He's like, that's Mm -hmm. fine. So I end up going to my other location and I end up staying there. But, um, my friend, or not my friend, my coworker, he ended up getting written up for it, and oh. I'm pretty sure nothing ever ended up happening to the actual manager. And then my coworker left because he was like, "I'm not gonna fucking stay with a company that just mm-hmm. writes you up for standing up for someone." Mm-hmm. Like, power to you. Usually, how it ends up, the person doing the right thing gets in trouble. Yep, that's fucked up. Sorry, I had to go through that. I feel like, right. um. I don't know. At least you had the guts to say something, to go to somebody and be like, hey, this is happening. This is not right. I feel um, not safe at the workplace because the trans people all over the world don't say anything because they don't feel safe. Obviously, I don't blame them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did want to talk about, you know, what to do if you're in an unsafe work environment. Um Although, you know, now that I'm, this just popped into my head, I think, doesn't, do you know Starbucks? I think Starbucks, uh, I go to Starbucks every day. I love Starbucks. Um, they're very, very like trans accepting at Starbucks. I think every trans person should go work at Starbucks and we should all have to like hang out and like, because <laughs> I think they, they pay, they pay for your hormones. They pay for your top surgery, all surgeries that you get in the future. Starbucks is where it's at for trans people. If you don't know that, now you do, and you should go work at Starbucks if you need money. Um, but if you're stuck at a work environment that in a work environment that is transphobic and you don't know what to do, my advice, our advice, would be, I guess, obviously, if there is somebody higher up who can help you like you did say something, do something. Otherwise you don't know what could happen in the future because people are dangerous. Typically people who are transphobic also tend to be dangerous too, which I don't think is talked about enough. Yeah. I don't know. Cause even like misgendering in general can end up being dangerous in the workplace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, I hate when I see TikTok videos of like of people of trans people uh working and a customer will misgender them on accident and you can visibly see the trans person getting upset but they don't do anything they're usually just like visibly sad and don't say anything about it and these cis people on TikTok be making fun of them be like it's really not a big deal like you're getting visibly upset and it's like but it is a big deal, and you have no idea why. I don't know. That always pisses me off. It does piss me off. I see those videos all the time, too. And then, like, the 
you find you have like the one trans person who does freak out and is like, those are not my pronouns. Like, be nicer to me. And then that video goes viral and it's like, trans people are snowflakes. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we can't but, win. No, not, like, not at all. And it's, it's insanely frustrating. Um, because I was in a workplace where I was stealth. They weren't the people I was around weren't necessarily transphobic. I guess their culture just wasn't. They were ignorant to it. They didn't understand it. It made them uncomfortable. And I didn't want to talk about it, and that's why I never told them really. But I never felt unsafe there. If I did feel unsafe, I think. Obviously, I would quit, but if I needed the money, I would do everything I can to, like, go on Indeed and apply to every fucking job I could. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Until somebody took me in and then I'd quit. So definitely, like, find a job. If you need the money, find the job before – find another job before you quit and then give your two weeks notice for sure. And honestly, if you're ever in in – in a violent situation, just run away because it's not fucking worth it. These people in any job for anybody, if you're working for somebody, if you died, they would replace you in two weeks and you're breaking your back for these people who don't give a shit about you. Like, Yeah, you really are. <laughs> I agree. I would definitely make a backup plan, get out of there. I wouldn't leave like immediately unless you can afford that, but right. I would definitely just like, like you said, like go to Indeed, go to snag a job, go somewhere else, try and find a better job, line up an interview. Once you get that job scored, then give your two weeks and leave because mm-hmm. it's not worth it to work with those kinds of people. Like I, I'm kind of like in the process of doing that too. I'm got a couple personal things that I'm going through and I'm right after that, I'm going to end up leaving my job because even though yeah. I'm at a different location, it still doesn't sit right with me that a coworker of mine got fired for standing up for me and that right. they allow this transphobic piece of shit to still work here right so, yeah that's like i'm leaving too as you should because like in the grand scheme of things like when we're what wait dude how old are you 21 <laughs> nice i didn't even ask <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bad podcast host i guess <laughs> no <laughs> i was gonna say when we're when we're like fucking 50 years old or some shit or on our deathbeds you think that it's we're really gonna care so much that we work for these dumbass fucking people like it's a job like it's not that deep like yes you need the money but like you can get that money from literally so many other places in the world like yeah don't stay at the one place it's gonna be horrible to you you know what i mean i get yeah. if you need the money but like find something else it's not worth it yeah um, we are what an hour and 40 minutes in now. So I feel like that's probably a good place to stop. Um, Luke, I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story because not a lot I have, that's not something, everything we talked about today, religion and being trans in the workplace and families in general is not something I've touched upon a lot on this podcast. And if I did, it wasn't that much in depth and I've never talked to a trans person who has struggled so much in that sense. So I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story and letting people know that other people go through it and that you don't have to be alone. So thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to come on sharing my story and helping other people. 
Of course. My pleasure. Um, I definitely would love to have you on again if you'd like to. I'm sorry that it was cutting out a little bit this whole time. It was definitely annoying, but we got through it. (laughs) Um, Absolutely, bro. Now, do you have any socials you would like to plug so people can follow you? Yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is l.ukexx, and my Snapchat is l.ukey.yyx. Hell yeah, plug that Snapchat. I love it. (laughs) Um, And if y'all want to follow me, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at HRT Podcast. I put out videos every day on there and on YouTube. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. I drop videos every Tuesday, Testosterone Tuesdays. Uh, Turn on post notifications for me, bro. Turn them on so you know when I post. And also, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, come on over to YouTube because you'll be able to see me and then we can talk face-to-face and have a connection. Um, Also... Subscribe to me on Patreon. I'm dropping a new video today where I talk about fucking all the things. I'm not going to give too much away because I want you to subscribe. Um, and yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, I want <laughs> I screamed last night. I want to start this thing every week in every episode where I find trans musicians and trans songs songs that are about being trans because i always wanted to be able to relate to music about being trans and i never got that because there's like there's a lot of trans artists but they're so hard to find bro like incredibly hard to find i know there's no offense who's popping off recently and he's dope um but i spent like a half hour on reddit yesterday being like where can i find trans artists that actually have good music and sing about being trans and I do have one this week, but it's the band called, they're called Bad Sons. I'll show a picture of them right here. Um, They're not trans, but they have a song called Salt that is literally about gender identity. And uh, the music video for it was really moving and really inspiring. So I suggest if you are looking for music that you want to connect with, if you're trans, definitely look up the song Salt by Bad Sons because I thought it was really cool. And I definitely want to make that a thing every week now where I find a song or a band that has to do with being trans so I could show y'all and we can listen and have fun together. But yeah, check out Salt by Bad Sons because I like the song and it was good. Uh, Anyways. Pretty good. Yeah, Luke liked it. He listened to it. (laughs) Be like us. Listen to our music. (laughs) All right, bro. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you. And Luke will definitely be on again because this was awesome. And yeah, thank you so much, Luke. Say bye. Bye, everybody. Peace out. Peace out, Girl Scout. Peace. Bye.